0: ELD hard enforcement begins. Carriers seek better driver retention methods in the capacity crunch. XPO joins the digital freight booking push. Reefer rates climb out of the Salinas, Central, and Imperial Valleys in California. I'm JP. And I'm Chad. And we discuss all this and more on this week's episode of What the Truck.
1: JP! I see that you're drinking uh, your standard go-to, Two-Hearted Ale. Uh, You are a man that uh, sticks with his guns. You don't like variety.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm kind of like Ernest Hemingway, the author of the big, the the famous short story, The Big Two-Hearted River. Um, (laughs) Named after, of course, the river, the same river in Michigan's Upper Peninsula that this... Wonderful beer is named after. Once
1: upon a time that was... Can I give you a
0: quote from the the story?
1: (laughs) Um, By all means.
0: Nick was happy as he crawled inside his tent. (laughs) It had been a hard trip. He was very tired. He had made his camp. He was settled. Nothing could touch him. It was a good place to camp.
1: And that is how you feel after drinking two-hearted ale, apparently. That's right. Once upon a time when you were in grad school, I understand, it was an inexpensive beer. Unfortunately, now it has tripled in price.
0: Yes, at um, the legendary Sabas happy hour of uh, my happy near decade at the University of Michigan. Um, we could oh, get, the good old we could, we could get draft pints of it for $2.50. Uh, what, what do you got, Chad?
1: Well, um, I've got uh, the kind of a beer that's a reflection of my current state, which is Scatterbrain by <clears throat> Bearded Iris Brewing in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, it's, um, they, they claim here uh, passion fruit, pine, and gray matter. And I, I like that. Gray I, matter? Yeah, oh, I see. I have no idea. That's not the part that's enticing me. But you okay, know what all Hannibal beer Racer? is made out of?
0: Hops, barley uh wheat i don't know How water malt
1: hops and yeast and it's all really about the hops and the yeast surprisingly it's the it's, it's not the about yeast.
0: the water
1: of course it's about the water i just mean like in terms of you know finding the variety um well it, i anyway i think that they must have some pretty unique um piney passion fruity uh, hops in, in this variety. Um, it's pretty good. I like Bearded Iris. They they ironically claim that, um, that you should cultivate variety, and a lot of their beers taste similar, but in a good way. Sim- Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Uh, <laughs> Alright, well, um, why don't we move on to um, the topics of the day. Before we do that, let's play a little game, shall we? As we always do. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, this one... <laughs> is uh, let's play Riddle Me This, shall we? Sure, Chad. Okay. (laughs) All right, JP. Um, Well, I've got a few riddles for you. Let's see how you do. Ready? Don was driving his semi under an overpass when suddenly he came to a screeching halt. Don wasn't paying enough attention and inadvertently drove under the overpass that was just barely as high as his truck. The semi was wedged so tightly that he could not go forward or backward. A fellow trucker came by and told him how he could easily get the semi out from under the bridge. What did he suggest?
0: I think he suggested unhooking the tractor from the trailer. No, that is not what he
1: suggested. I Uh. mean, he wouldn't be able to like move forward he would like maybe get out of his jam maybe
0: okay what's the answer (laughs)
1: lower the air let air out of the tires which lowers the truck what the truck (laughs) all right well that was you know good good try dude thanks uh (laughs) number two
0: (laughs) it's gonna be great i can already tell
1: (laughs) a truck driver A truck driver is going down a one-way street, the wrong way, and passes at least ten cops. Why is he not caught?
0: He's a fire truck driver. No, good try. (laughs) I think that's a legit answer, though. He's
1: actually just walking down the road. He's a truck driver who's walking. He's not breaking any rules. Yeah, that one got you right. Um, Mm -hmm. That was kind of a trick one. Here's another trick one, and that's a hint. Uh number 3 here there once was a truck when you go out and i come in what will become of the truck
0: it turns into a trick
1: dung ding 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 very nice trick as you take out the u and you put it in the i very nice all right number number 4 a man was driving a truck his lights were not on the moon was not out up ahead was a woman Hitchhiking. How did he see her?
0: Ding, 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 She um, was standing at her streetlight? I don't know. It was a sunny day. All right, oh, and finally... Oh, my God. <laughs> <number> <laughs> Why is this happening to me?
1: <laughs> You'll like this one. Uh, at an international trucking convention, some American truckies are chatting. A new group walks into the room. Instantly, one of the Americans says, ah, those must be the Aussies. I'm going over for a chat. All of the people at the convention are wearing identical shirts without local variations. There's no national flags, etc. So how did the American deduce that the new group were Australian and no, he didn't hear them speak?
0: They were upside down. No, they were not upside down.
1: Let's close. You're on the right track.
0: They... What, sorry, what were they doing when he walked up?
1: Uh, they were uh, chatting. Um that was it? hmm And it just instantly, one of the Americans says, ah, this must be the Aussies. I don't know, man. <laughs> because the... <laughs> Seems disappointed. Um, because the right side of their faces were more tanned than the left. Uh, yeah, that's an Aussie thing.
0: Right, because you're you're on the other side of the truck and therefore your son, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so uh-huh. hey, good, not bad. One <laughs> one out of five. All right, so um, thanks for playing. Riddle me this and stay tuned till next time. Um, In the meantime, um, we've got some pretty cool headlines of the week, JP. Um, The uh, first one that, of course, that we're um, uh, angling in on is the ELD Hard Enforcement. um, began. uh, It it began, well, supposedly.
0: Yeah, April um, 1st, right?
1: Yeah. And uh, today is April the 11th. Uh, so have we seen, um, much disruption to date?
0: Not really. Um, that's kind of been interesting and it's been counter to a lot of the, uh, it's been counter to... I think it's the
1: 12th. Um, but anyway, sorry.
0: What? Oh, sorry.
1: I, th- I don't, I don't think it's the 11th. Um, it's the 12th. I've lost track of my days.
0: Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, heart enforcement started on the 1st. And we haven't really seen that much disruption. We haven't seen that much volatility in the spot rate market at all, um, especially compared to the beginning um, in December when carriers and shippers really started pr- you know, pricing in this you know, loss of productivity per truck. Um, and one of the you know we have a couple of different theories about why this has been. You know, not, you know, there hasn't been complete chaos. One is that. Yeah, what are your theories? So one is that um, compliance is, but has gone up into the 90% range and.
1: I've heard that and I've heard people question that. I, w- I wonder if it's really. Well,
0: bad. you know, I mean, I think Kevin Hill at Carrier, Carrier Lists has done a pretty good job of service. Sur- I think he surveys like, you know, okay. 900 carriers a week and ask them about compliance and all different kinds of things. And so um, these are sort of his numbers. And, and we, we also publish these on FreightWaves, so check them out. Um, yeah,
1: and Ken Evans with Conexial, uh, CEO of Conexial, disagrees with them. but um, Or he, he just doubts them. But anyway, go ahead.
0: Well, even even um, you know my conversation with Kevin, he thought there would be a, a bigger disruption. But I think what's really happened is that, first of all, spy rates jumped up high. Um, you know, in the excuse me, in the last quarter of 2017, they're softening a little bit. We're not seeing a whole lot of upward movement. They're kind of going back down to their normal post-ELD December levels. And one of the reasons why we think that's happening is because, um, you know, we're in bid season for contracts. Mm-hmm. So big carriers have gone to their shippers and have said, hey, look, we're going to need, you know, double-digit rate increases um, for this year. We've got a lot of we got high demand. We've got low capacity. It's, things are going to get more expensive, and by and large, they got those increases they asked for, and mm-hmm. so right now, the you know right now they feel like the the contract freight is fairly priced. So people, you know, we see big carriers. Yeah, um, rates
1: have already kind of gone up.
0: Well, yeah, as oh a, a lot. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Contract due freight, to a lot of factors. Contract yeah. re, re, freight is a lot more expensive than it was last year. Um, and we see even see big carriers that we've talked to moving um, capacity out of dedicated as as those uh, contracts and in, in go going into more short-term contracts um, well and, you and know, yeah and, and so and so yeah. the point is that they're making good money doing contracts for what they think the market can bear and that's why they're not. Rejecting those loads and then going to the spot market.
1: Well, and I, I you know, I, I, I'm just coming back from the TIA conference, and it was one of the questions I, I put to uh, basically anybody that I saw there. And uh, you know, the the general answer that you get for the not super informed, but just um, but just those that are also seeing the market is they're just generally saying uh, it's a little too early to tell. But I did hear about from about three different sources. Um, from DAT and from Reliance and others, that actually the actual hard enforcement date isn't even happening yet.
0: It's June,
1: right? It's well, no, they said April 18th. The huh. 18th is, and I guess that that makes it exactly what, like, like five months from, or uh, four months know, from assume. December 18th. Um, that's what some are saying. <clears throat> and others are saying that even then, um, it, they're, what they're expecting to happen over like a thirty-day-ish period is a kind of a, a the short-term disruption, which will be a disruption, but it's going to main, mainly be from these, these these smaller owner operators and and carriers that have you know not um, complied up until the very last date, um, and and you know after that they you know, they expect to see kind of a different medium term, like it really won't play out for another sixty to ninety days, but we will right. see it and it's right. you know, a, a huge deal. Because the
0: bottom line is, you know, getting pulled over by the state trooper is still a fairly rare event. So even if you're not compliant, I mean how long can you go yeah. before someone notices? Who knows
1: and one thing I'm curious about which I haven't and we, we need to maybe do a little more investigative um, ju- uh, journalism on is how state by state by state by state how much are they going to be enforcing it right. and will that create a super you know varied response
0: um, so you always hear about Indiana being a you know super strict state on uh, you know, FMCSA regulations. Um, there yeah. are other states. And you know, I've heard Oregon
1: has long since been trying to do it as well. But it's it's, yeah, it's but, spot. But what's,
0: what's interesting about the market right now so, just because spot rates are not moving a lot doesn't mean, for one, that the price of freight has gone down because it hasn't. It's still very right? expensive. It doesn't mean that demand has gone down because the econ- economic fundamentals are still very strong. We're still seeing, you know, for example, um, record port traffic coming in yeah um and so you're what actually, what happened yeah. was that care that shippers yes. said we want to tamp down volatility in the spot re- spot rate market because it hurts us okay. so we're going to you know we're going to lock down these carriers <sighs> by giving them the big rate increases they want so that they'll be they'll work our contract freight and they won't reject it. So we have, then have to go to the spot market. So, so that's what's happened. I mean, the money is still being spent. There's still plenty of money to be made. It's just not, you know, right now the shippers strategy to control fluctuations in the spot market is working again for now
1: interesting hadn't hadn't thought about that end of the spectrum in, in in as much detail what we're already segueing into actually is the capacity crunch in general right um,
0: and, and so you were at TIA on, yeah. in, out in beautiful uh, Palm desert Palm Springs yeah in the, the wonderfully arid and sunny Coachella Valley of Southern California um do you know it you heard a lot about uh, the capacity crunch I uh, want you you Tell us what the conversation was. Loved
1: uh, it. It's you know I'm still kind of floating out here. That's why I'm drinking Scatterbrain. Uh, I'm still on Pacific time. I have no idea what time it is right now. Apparently not the date either. Uh, but yeah, just flew in late last night. So beautiful out there. You know, people at the TIA conference, which is the only conference for three PLs, are there. You know, my general sense of it is that they their relationship people. You know, because they're 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 working on it from both ends all ends of the spectrum. They don't have you <sighs> The huge overhead usually uh, that you know carriers uh, have to deal with, right? Um, they don't have
0: assets, right?
1: Right, in general, and they're they're bringing it all together. It was uh, super fun and super uh, interesting to get you know a sense of things. Uh, one of you know the you know the general trend was that there obviously is a capacity crunch, and you know and and it's being called unprecedented by the data the data heads and yep. analysts yep. um it's a capacity crunch unlike anything anyone has seen um and right they
0: used so they used to come you know when uh the second you know the, the back half of 2017 hit and started getting things started getting crazy they were comparing it to 2005 but by december january yeah they're, they're basically saying okay it's it's blowing 2005 out of the water. There it really has. is no comparison.
1: Unprecedented, and uh, no matter whether you're intermodal d- driver care, it's they're beginning to say this isn't seasonal. This is gonna last and persist the entire year. They're talking about all kinds of things. Um, Damon Langley from TMW, um, you know, he said, "Look, the good news is we picked up 19,000 drivers last year. Um, the bad news is that we're still about 50,000 short." Um, he talked about things like, you know what, driver pay um, is getting higher and will, but that's not the only solution. He was like, look, it's a tough, grueling job. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. No one else should be if, you know, drivers are getting 100000 per year. It's not an unrealistic number. Um, he said, certainly expect a 15 to 20% increase in the next 18 months. At least it wouldn't wow. be surprising. That'd be
0: double the rate of... Uh, the past uh, three years. Oh, would it? Well, so, so I, yeah, they, they got it's about a 15, significant. They got yeah. about a 15% raise in the past three years. So 15, another 15% in the past, next 18 nice. months to be yeah. twice that.
1: And his, his overall, without getting into the weeds, his overall, I mean, we can, we can get into the weeds in, in other um, episodes, but his, his key to retention is it's all about the way you onboard the trucker. He's like, interesting. What's if, that mean? He, he well, I, it was like, I think just like, I don't know all the details of it, but he's like, if you can get them past six weeks, like if you can get them to last six weeks, you can get them, you know, to last three months. And if you can get them to stay three months, you've got them for six months. And if you can get them to stay six months, you can usually get them to stay a year. And he was like, and then on to two years. If you can get them to two years, you've got
0: them. The longer they last, the less likely it is that they leave.
1: Right. Um, and he had like... So it's, a, it
0: sounds like it's all really about the hire itself. It's about making sure you get the right person, someone qualified who's Qualified drivers. Qualified, but also... Suited for the lifestyle in some
1: ways. That's a good point. Suited for the lifestyle, knowing what you're getting into, treating them with respect, treating them with the right to the fair pay.
0: Paying them, listening to them. I think
1: shippers not – I mean the detention thing is – that's solvable. Like HOS – you know like is that going to happen anytime we it's it's a little bit out of our control like how do you, you know what's the regulatory body going to do but but for sure like it seems like it's a solvable problem like the detention aspect of things again for sure stay and, in high level right.
0: and i think uh, data from the eld's is going to really start exposing shippers uh, you know like the the inefficient shippers who are horrible at loading and unloading people um Everyone's going to know who they are because we know we can look at the, you know, the GPS of your truck and see how long it's been sitting there. You start adding all that up. Then all of a sudden people say, hey, look, we know it's going to take you an average of three hours to unload me. We're charging you. We're going to start charging you more per mile
1: absolutely i mean we've we we just talked i think last episode about convoys starting to do that with their with their uh app or is it yeah it's convoy Convoy. yeah um it'll start happening it's um uh, it's just a matter
0: of time because i mean the the pressure is on the whole economy really with the rising transportation costs and something's what you know has to give i mean i feel like carriers are operating on you know razor thin margins they they're the ones that can and have the money to have really invested in technology to streamline their operations and, you know, pursue every kind squeeze every little bit of value they can out of their, out of their enterprise shippers have been lazy because they can be. Yes. And, and so now, now the, the pressure is them. on them and now the crazy in,
1: capacity, crunch. right?
0: When you have a t- tight capacity crunch, when carriers have pricing power in the market, meaning that carriers, you know now now carriers are being courted by shippers. It's not. It's not. That's the tr- right. That's it's not the truck. he's way going the pendulum out. is swung. It's not the truck he's going out and looking for freight. It's the carry. It's the shipper who needs to find a truck, and so now they have to perform. And one of the interesting things about you know Amazon, for example, mm-hmm. that um, I think has been slow to realize in the business-to-business the business community is mm-hmm. basically that people will pay a premium for better service. You, like if you, yeah. th- there, are things, there are things on Amazon that cost more than they would in a store or on some you know, native e-commerce site. But if you know that you're going to get it in two days, if you know where the package is, if it's easy to buy people will pay people will pay 30% extra for a lot of things. I, and, 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 you and know, I, mean, I, 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 don't know
1: I don't know the extent to which that's true. That, that sounds true. like a debate for another topic cuz
0: I, I but don't the point, the point a is, lot
1: of data says that we don't want to pay for free ship I mean for anything other than free shipping.
0: But you're paying for free shipping in the price of the actual product. Well,
1: it's hid- that, a hidden cost. Though. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. so
0: and so the idea is that transportation and logistics can be a point <clears> of differentiation. A shipper can say, like, oh, we move our stuff efficiently with visibility. We get it to you when we I sit. like that. We're and honest I hope about that they it. do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like that. That's a good thesis. Another, another talking point. Um, uh, in the meantime, speaking of uh, intermediaries and 3PLs, to, in today's news, uh, XBO. Uh, joins uh, the digital freight booking push.
0: Yeah, uh, what do you think about that? It's interesting. I mean, they you know they've had a wave of publicity recently. You know, so XBA Logistics, you know, it's it's the Bradley Jacobs show and story, right? Mm-hmm. This is the the guy who, um, before he was in trucking and logistics, he consolidated uh, waste management, waste hauling, um, you know. And they're Start, huge, starting small. Yeah, and and they've the way they've grown though is by buying other companies and adding. Okay, know, so yeah, that's, that's good. Some good um, background. He invested about sixty three million dollars of his own money, about, you know, I want to say it's like ten years ago, and now the company's doing like twelve billion.
1: That's, that's not worth, bad.
0: Worth about twelve billion. Um, and so they're huge. And, and there's an interesting Donald Broaden quote. Um, He said, you know, in the 90s, FedEx was a technology company in the guise of a transportation company. Today, that's true of XP Logistics. Hmm. And maybe this this new platform release is... is, uh, more evidence of that. Why don't you tell us about it, Chad?
1: <clears throat> well, I mean, this, this the news of the day is that, you know, XBO is just basically the the latest transportation company to offer customers this online freight, you know, marketplace, um, bringing their, their big investment um, to the company's, obviously, huge ready-made list of shippers and carriers to fire back at the upstarts, um, which, you know, is kind of a a strong thesis, I think, that some of these huge places um, have to offer. Like, you know, a lot of the new entrants to the, to the brokerage space – uh, especially is they do maybe they have a of a bent toward technology, um, but they're really they're they're no different than any other brokerage except for they don't have a huge list of of clients and customers, and so like you know the XBOs of the world have a massive incumbent advantage. Uh, of, you know, of basically having their own freight and they just need to, like, get some some tech, right? Is it? I mean, wh- why, you know, why can't they?
0: Do we have a sense of what this platform, XBO Connect, really is, what's behind it? Is it just a, a cool user interface that's just like a screen and the back end hasn't really changed? Or are people getting service that they really haven't or is our xbs customers getting something they didn't have before
1: here's what i would say uh, based upon a little um investigative um analysis from um our own Zach Strickland, he, you know, he points out that the disadvantage that the, the incumbents have is they have to go through red tape. They they have these this infrastructure of maybe where a good idea is going to get squashed for one reason or another because of the competing intra-interests of the, the company itself. And so, you know, like I would say that the advantage of the new entrants is that they are light and they're agile and they actually do understand design and they understand tech and this is where they're this is their their bag and they right. and they can make these things happen and you know if you're big and heavy and lumbering and you think you've got you you know you've got this massive advantage do you necessarily invest in the ways that you should to actually be badass right. and. My it right. strikes me so far that, yeah, they're making headlines, and yeah, they've got a huge network, but I'm not sensing badassery.
0: Right. So the question will be you know going forward, and we'd love to hear from our listeners about their experiences with XPO Connect. But basically, like yeah. you know is this just a nice way to access and use the XPO services that you are already um, paying for? Or does it rep- really represent like kind of a tech-driven synergy of all of these different entities that they've been buying up and rolling up? You know, like are they put really putting the pieces together, or is this just you know kind of a yeah? And,
1: yeah. and if they are, I think it will win because they already have such an established infrastructure. Right. Right. Uh, last big story of the week is that reefer rates climb out of Salinas, Central and Imperial Valley. You did a deep dive into this. Can you give us like the, the, you know, the, the highlights?
0: Yeah. So, uh, we, a little bit earlier this episode, we were talking about how spot market volatility has been fairly quiet, largely due to, um, the large contract rate increases that carriers have enjoyed thus far that are still working for them. Yeah. We don't know how long that's going to last. So if you're looking, but if you're looking for, you know, upside action in the spot market, okay. which we were this week, um, we definitely found it for, uh, temperature controlled trucks or, you know, refrigerated reefers coming, Reefer out,
1: trucks.
0: coming out of California, uh, The California Kush, right? Um, Yeah, that's where I just came from. Love, love California. So the three, we looked at three big agricultural regions in California. Um, The the first one, you know, so going from like north to south, the first one Mm -hmm. was the Salinas Valley outside of uh, San Jose. That's yeah, as far as the DAT goes, that's the San Francisco market. We looked at the Central Valley, which again according to DAT is the Fresno market. And then we looked at the Imperial Valley, which is really in the in sort of extreme southeastern uh, California, which they call the Ontario market. You know, sort of sort of far cool. east of San Diego. Didn't know that. Border okay. bordering um Arizona it, it's really it's really interesting I mean like the Imperial Valley not that many people know about it but yeah. it sort of straddles this lake called the Salton Sea it's it's uh, fed by it's it's basically the, the farmers um irrigate all the crops with the Colorado River produces a billion dollars worth of agriculture a year.
1: is that sustainable
0: uh no <laughs>
1: okay I didn't think so oh, by the poor any, Colorado River
0: anyway um the good news. So there's a lot of action um, for reefer trucks hauling produce out of those three areas. Seasonal, uh, yeah, it's seasonal. But you know, in and the, the California harvest season is long. It's already started. But as we move into uh, you know April, you know March, April, May, uh, more crops are being you know. Are, are coming through um i know for example the strawberry harvest is already way ahead of schedule of what it was in 2017 and this
1: is a good thing
0: it's a good thing yeah it's i mean it's 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 a place where uh spa rates are still going up uh they're climbing you know you know we're talking you know 20 30 cents over the, over the previous per- months wow yeah
1: that's that is huge um <clears throat> all right well those are the headlines of the week uh, and now it is time for Chad and JP to try to successfully run down the rest of the week's stories in two minutes or less. Um, do we often accomplish this? Well, it's debatable. Bear, uh,
0: Barry is shaking his head.
1: <laughs> Barry speaks quietly. But uh, So uh, let's see. But when he does, people listen. Uh, big <laughs> deal or little deal? <laughs> Um, okay. JP, are you ready? And I feel, can we officially begin playing at this very moment right now? Go. How has the flattening yield curve affected trucking? Is it a big deal or a little deal?
0: It's a big deal because it raises the cost of debt, uh, for financing trucks, for financing used trucks, for, um, brokers, uh, margins and brokers lines of credit. Um, if it inverts, that's a recession and that's a huge deal.
1: Airbus to offer lower deck passenger sleeper berths amidst cargo holds. Big deal or little deal?
0: It's a little deal. Um, basically what this means is that you can have an apartment in a cargo hold of a big of a big plane if you're going from here to Europe. It's great if you have kids, but, you know, small deal overall.
1: Aluminum steel tariffs driving up raw material costs for trucks, trailers. Big deal or little deal?
0: I think it's a big deal. Um, we're talking about, like, Honestly, we're talking about a 5% increase in price on trailers, but the thing with um, commodified metal prices is that even talk of them can move the price a lot, so it's, it's a big deal. Okay. Modex. Is still waiting for weigh-in-motion technology to be fully adapted in the U.S. Big deal or little deal?
1: For now, little deal. It can't be used in enforcement. Weight-in-motion tech is super awesome. It will help with ELD enforcement. Every day of a driver's day is precious. Spending time waiting in the weigh station is not going to be good.
0: Experts speak on intermodal capacity challenges at TIA. Are those challenges a big deal or a little deal?
1: Well, the platform uh, of the panelists might have not been that big of a deal, but what they were talking about was a big deal. When rail- one railroad gets cold, the other starts sneezing. They had a huge amount of freight last year. They're trying to make capacity. They're growing, and that is big deal.
0: It might have been a one-day protest at XBO Logistics' location in Miami, but it was a lot longer in the making. Is that a big deal or a little deal?
1: Well, the particular incident is a little deal. Fewer than 20 of 45,000 North American employees participated in the Teamsters event, but overall it points to bigger deals in the labor market. And that'll do it for the big stories this week. As always, we go into more detail about each of the topics we've talked about today on our website, FreightWaves.com. We will continue to publish this podcast weekly, so be sure to subscribe to What the Truck on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, make sure to leave us a review to let us know what you think of our new podcast.
0: And if you're into learning about technology that's shaping up the industry, you definitely want to be at Transparency18 in Atlanta this May. Visit Transparency18.com to learn more about the event.
1: That'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week on What What the the truck. Truck.